Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio. For answers, call Kevin Brooker at 800-975-6717. Kevin is founder and CEO of Silverleaf Financial, and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement. Call now for your free financial consultation, 800-975-6717. Today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio. But what if you could lock in your gains and still be in a position to participate in the gains without suffering losses if the market plunges again? That's what Kevin Brooker at Silverleaf Financial can help you achieve. Your no-cost analysis includes a portfolio x-ray showing any hidden fees in your current plan. He'll show you how by claiming Social Security at the right time can make a huge difference in your retirement income. Call Kevin Brooker today, 800-975-6717. Do it today. This is Kevin Brooker. We're cruising through retirement. You know, you're thinking about that electric car. Do you like the way that Tesla looks? I mean, it's a beautiful car. But you know what? There's some big price differences with these types of vehicles. So we want to begin the new year with some solid money moves that can help your financial security in 2022. We're going to cover that in just one minute. Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement, and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Sadal. Kevin is a fiduciary and investment advisor representative. Silverleaf Financial is where you'll find him. He's been helping folks for more than 30 years getting to and through retirement. Silverleaffinancial.com. Be sure and jot that down. Visit that website when you get a chance. Uh, Lots of great information there. Uh, Hi, Kevin, and uh, Happy New Year almost. Oh, almost Happy New Year. You know what? It is right tomorrow, right? Or around the corner. Right. So uh, looking forward to 2022 and hoping that, uh, you know, we can maybe put this COVID pandemic behind us a little bit, maybe. Let's hope. Um, Yeah, let's hope. So we're looking forward to a good year. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, so, I mean, you got my attention with the Tesla and, uh, you know, the, the those kinds of cars in general. I mean, the, you're right. They are a beautiful car and, and uh, I've never driven one, but oh. I got to sit behind the wheel. I mean, what a, what a sleek, you know, like airplane jet kind of feel that thing has. Oh, no, no question about it. You know what? Actually, the first time I, I, uh, I haven't actually driven one, but I've, I rode in one that my client bought and uh, I saw him uh, maybe a month or so ago and and he was just uh, i mean he's fallen in love he's a car guy and he's fallen in love with the car and i'd never ridden in one and uh anybody if you haven't had the chance um i would de- i would definitely recommend it um you know what what's incredible is the whole layout of the car and this is the the tesla i'm t- referring to right um the whole the cockpit or the you know if you will like he's like yeah a jet, it is that's like what it looks jet. It, it is. It's like a cockpit. And when you get in there, it's totally, it's not what you get, what everybody's, you know, what you're used to. Um, I mean, first thing you got to notice is that there's a, like a million cameras. Um, for, for In the Tesla, I think there's actually 14 cameras. Oh, my God. And, and so every side of the vehicle, front, back, you know, so so when you sit down and it starts, 
um, you know, it gives you a view all around, right? So you're not only the backup camera, but to the sides and, and everything else. Um, so you can see all around you 360. But the thing is, is that there's no key. There's no ignition. You know where the ignition is, is your phone. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, wow. And, and I say, wait a second. So if somebody steals my phone, they can get my car. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so now that's a whole nother issue. All right. But, but the way it works is once you have it, once you have it set up, you know, the car, it, it's all tied to your cell phone. And, and as you're approaching the car, you get within maybe five, six feet of your car. It unlocks the doors. It adjusts the seat. It starts the engine. It turns on the air conditioning. And, and you know, the only thing it doesn't do is actually open the door for you. All right. <laughs> wow. And, and so it is, it is, uh, it is a technological marvel, I would say. Um, but then, but that's just a tiny piece of it. Cause folks, when you get out there and, and, and well, first of all, that's quiet, you can't hear it, right? There's basically right. no, no sound to the car at all. And, and I'll tell you, that's something for me personally is something I have to get used to because I, I mean, I grew up with my brother with my brother used to uh, be a drag racer, right? Okay. And, so I'd go to the drag strip every week when I was like 10 years old and everybody, any of this been there, you know, you, they water that you want, you pour water on the tires when they're getting ready to do their burnout so they can heat up the tires. So it gives them better traction going on the track. And, and so that's how I was raised. And so it is a very loud environment. There's a lot of exhaust sounds, right? Mm -hmm. and, and well, there's a part of me that really likes that sound. Okay. At, at, you know, it's not, and maybe that sounds crazy. I don't like it in my neighborhood. I don't like it when I'm trying to relax at night. Um, <laughs> no, but, but know, I understand. But, I'm with you on that one too. Yeah, you yeah. know, there's a certain sense of I don't know, just power. It, it is a sense of power, and it's just the, the vrooms onto the engine, and, yeah, and I exactly. don't know what it is. You, you know, but you you don't have that with an electric car. But you know what you do have? Incredible acceleration. Are right? incredible. I mean, anybody that that looks at zero to sixty times like a fast a fast gasoline combustion engine might be five seconds in zero to 60. Mm -hmm. The, te the Tesla is doing it in less than three. <laughs> and man, and, and, when, and when you sit down, you know what it reminded me of going back to the drag racing story. Um, when I was a kid, my brother, they had a day, you know, where you could bring somebody along with you in the race car. And so my brother took me and this is a just a drag racing car, right? Not a street car. Sure. Uh, so it had the roll bar, the cage inside, you know, and he tells me, he goes, you know what, when we take off, you know, there's going to be a lot of inertia, a lot of G force, you need to brace yourself. And I said, okay, I, I, you know, I can handle it, <laughs> thinking, I, thinking I know what I'm doing, right? And, and luckily, he, I had a helmet on. And so he the light turns green, he takes off, and my head just snaps back and bounces off the roll cage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm like, okay, now I understand. Well, I tell you what, the, the Tesla, if you floor that thing when you take off, it's going to throw your head back, okay? It, the inertia of the G-force is unbelievable. Wow. Um, I, I, I couldn't – I was – incredibly impressed the acceleration that you have and if you're somebody like me like i like to have a car that you know let's say somebody's going slow on the highway and i want to pass them i don't like like now i drive a, i drive a lexus sedan and okay and, and you could like i don't know write a song while you're passing somebody oh okay? i know i know it's, it's not a fast thing you know and and that's can that feels dangerous sometimes when there's oncoming cars and and so i would like to have the acceleration to pass somebody quickly so that i can get out of the way of oncoming traffic right yeah. And, and, I'll, and I'll tell you something that, that I don't know about all electric cars. I can't imagine they're all like this, but the Tesla, no question about it. It's got incredible power, incredible performance. All right. So these things are all good, right? And it's electric, save money on gas, right? But you know what? When I, when I step back as a financial guy, I put my financial hat on, hat on and I say, okay, let's look at the numbers. Let's look at the numbers. They talk about how much you're going to save in gas. Maybe you save, obviously depends on your driving and things like that. Maybe you say 500 bucks a year. I don't know. I'm just throwing out a number. Sure. But maybe, maybe you save that much money in, in uh, you know, that you don't pay for gasoline. 
Um, you know, but there's a lot of trade-offs, guys. There's a lot of trade-offs. Like one is the range. You know, if you just do a lot of city driving, a lot of local driving, you know, because typically they have like a, maybe a 250, 300 mile range. Uh, but my client, he told me, he says, you know, when I'm talking to the Tesla people and they tell me, he's like, yeah, you got X number, maybe it's 300 mile range. What they didn't tell them is that anything that you do inside the car that uses power is going to reduce your range. <laughs> so in other words, that range is if you don't use any air conditioning. All right. It's if you drive only the speed limit, you don't drive faster, you don't brake faster, you are excessively. And so like you turn on the air conditioning and now you lost 50 mile range or something. Sure. And so Goodness, I never thought about that. It's true. It's totally true. And so a lot of the people that get these, they, they hook up and you can't just plug it into a regular outlet. You've got to get a special uh, charging system installed in your house that Tesla, of course, is happy to do. Um, you know, but that's another expense. I think he said it was like 500 bucks. I want to say, what do they call there's, um, there's some kind of wall. It's a battery. Well, I forget what they, they call it, but I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, it's a special because it's got special connections. You know, once you have that installed, um, you know, then you can just plug it in, but it can't, it's not just a regular outlet. Uh, and the other thing about it is that all electric cars cannot use Tesla charging stations. All right. And, and so there's, so there's a lot of things to be developed, you know, because we have the infrastructure in place, you know, for gasoline, right? Plenty of gas stations and you can go in any car, any station that sells gas and you should be good. Sure. But it's not this, it's not the same as of right now. So, so the, you're saying that so stations. if you had a Chevy Volt and a Tesla, they need two different, two different plugins. As of right now, as of right now, wow. there may be some adapters, but this is, this is what, this is what I've been told. And, um, and the thing is, so they're talking about building out the charging networks, because if you want to take a trip, you know, what Tesla does Let's say you want to take a trip, I don't, I don't know, to San Francisco from Phoenix. It'll actually show you the technology in the system will show you, uh, it'll map it out, and then it'll show you, tell you exactly where the charging stations are located in your trip between here and wherever you're going. And so it'll point you to the stations, um, but you need to pay close attention because obviously you've got a limited amount of range, right? And, but, but there's a financial difference too. When you look at the cost, I did a, did a little analysis, and this is courtesy of uh, ValuePenguin.com. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. And and so they've got some good research on gas versus electric cost. And I just thought it was interesting because there's so much talk now about, oh, all the, all the car fleets, all the car companies are going to, you know, completely switch to electric vehicles, EVs by such and such a date. And, and I'm saying, you know what? I don't think this is necessarily going to save people money. Because for instance, if you look at a Fiat 500, you know, an electric vehicle, the gasoline, okay, the gasoline version is 25,500. The electric version costs you seven grand more, thirty-two seven, Whoa. just to buy just to buy it, right? Yeah. If you look, if you look at a Kia Soul, you can buy a gasoline one for eighteen thousand, but if you want an electric Kia Soul, thirty-four grand, almost twice as much, almost double, yeah. Same thing with the Chevy Spark. A, a gasoline one is just over thirteen thousand. Uh, uh, the electric vehicle for the Chevy Spark is almost twenty-six grand. So, so you're shelling out a lot more money just to buy the vehicle, all right? And then, of course. You got a brand new vehicle. You want to insure it, right? You don't well, want to take course. a chance have an accident. Well, right? you have happens, to. Yeah, you have it. to insure it. Sure. You got guys. Take a look at the insurance. Run some quotes before you buy the car, please. And you should do this with any with any vehicle purchase, just so you know. Because what a lot of people don't realize is that electric cars are far more expensive to insure. And I've seen quotes out there for a Tesla. Now the Model S, you know, the more expensive one. Mm -hmm. I've seen insurance quotes as high as thirty three thousand thirty five hundred dollars. For six month term. Oh, cut it out. Right? Three thousand dollars for six months. It it and Holy yes, and cow. it now it does depend on your of course your driving record and where you live and things oh, of like course. that. Yeah, I understand. All right, and the issue is you don't have to be a bad driver because the, see the way the insurance companies look at this is that it's a greater liability for them 
because electric cars are much more expensive to repair. And, and, and like in the case of Tesla, you know, the vehicle, uh, I'm sorry, the battery for that vehicle, it basically, it's the entire bottom of the car. All right. The entire bottom of the car, you don't have it. There is no transmission by the way. Um, and, and, and it's the bottom of the car. In other words, it goes from just behind the front tires to to basically the rear tires. The entire bottom of the vehicle is the battery. Okay. That's a lot it's, of battery. <laughs> it's huge. It's huge. So if you ever have to replace that battery, you know, I don't, I can't imagine the expense, um, but it's something to be aware of because I know a lot of people, I've, I've talked to a lot of people that, that are very excited you know, looking forward to buying a Tesla, things like that. Um, you know, and, and it's by all means, it, it, it's, uh, I think it's a wonderful car, but I think you need to be prepared to be spending a lot more money than you're spending on a gasoline version. And if you, if you're doing it for the environment, you want to go green and things like that, then, then more power to you. Um, but I don't think it's something that's going to cost you less money than the gas version because you're going to pay more when you buy it. You're going to pay more to insure it. And I believe that's going to more than offset the money you're going to save in gasoline. Wow. Yeah, well, I th you make a good point, Kevin. I mean, I never uh, really thought about all those things. I mean, a it, Tesla, it, 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 Tesla to me just seems like such a cool car. <laughs> oh, know, it, it, and, it, and it's it, a great idea. I get it. I understand. But yes. boy, oh boy, from an expense standpoint, okay, time to rethink it, that one. It, it is definitely, you know, just it, it's uh, definitely time to rethink it because as I started looking at it and, and, and you know, I'm meeting with a client. I mean, he's a huge, he loves it. Loves it. Sure. And he tells me, you know, he had the BMW 5 Series. He's had, he's had the Lexus. He's had all the luxury cars. And he says, this is the best one he's ever had. Um, and if you're, if you're in a position and it makes sense to you, then by all means, go for it. I'm all in favor of, you know, trying to protect the environment and not adding pollution and making it worse. Sure. Um, but at the same time, we got to watch out for our own pocketbook, right? And, and so it's important to look at all the numbers and make sure you're aware of what it's going to cost you. I always check insurance rates before you know, before I make a big purchase. Um, you know what? And on that note, Steve, it's a, it's a great, I think it's a good time of year. You know, a lot of people have time off yep. and no, this, this isn't the most exciting thing to do to, to sit down. I'm going to ask you to check your insurance rates. All right. But, <laughs> but you know, what is exciting is it to me is when I can save money or, or when I make money. Right. And, and the way that I look at it, if I can save a couple of hundred bucks on an insurance premium, that's like, just like making a couple of hundred bucks. I didn't know I had. And now I'd say to my wife, Hey, let's go out to dinner. You know, let's go do something fun. And and so what I'm going to suggest is when you get your, you know, when it comes time for you to renew your insurance premium, you got the policy statement that shows you all the coverage amounts and all the deductibles and all that stuff. That's what you need to give to another agent or a website to say, hey, these are my coverages. I want you to match them exactly and give me a quote based on those exact same coverages. Don't let them change anything because that's how they can kind of trick you. All right. You want the exact same coverages. So you're comparing apples to apples. And I'll tell you, I do this every couple of years, and every time I do it, I always find out I can save money by switching to somebody else. It's because a lot of them give you kind of like teaser rates when you come in. They give you a discount the first year, and then they jack the rate the second year. I see so what they a, did. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I, you know, it's not something I necessarily love doing, but I'll tell you what, you can probably do it in less than an hour. And it could wind up saving you a good amount of money. Well, like so 15 good... minutes or more, right? 15 yeah, minutes or less. <laughs> there, you, there you go. And for the record, that one did not save me any money. I don't okay. know. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. So it's, so it's important to take a look at the numbers, right? Because the more we can save on expenses, the more you can put away for your retirement, and the more you're going to have that much more comfortable and secure, uh, you know, of a future because you got a bigger, you got a bigger bank account. All right. So, so I think it's important to take a look at that. You know, the other thing I want to talk about is, um, you know, I want to, a lot of people are switched to debit cards to buy oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, it's pretty much what everybody goes to. Everybody goes to that, right? One thing I want to remind everybody of is, is now there are protections from the banks, 
um, in the case of fraud or criminal activity, things like that. But something that's always concerned me is that when I use a debit card to buy something, and by the way, I don't use, I don't use debit cards. I say, if I were to use a debit card, uh, I don't like to use them because the, if, if somebody steals it or if there's a, you know, fraudulent activity, it's coming out of your account immediately. And then you got to wait to get reimbursed. Um, and, and so, and I don't think many of them have cash back. You know, I think some of them, there might be something out there where they maybe give you some cash back. But what I like to use as a credit card, because I can use a no, a no fee credit card where I can get one and a half, 2% cash back, you know, and, and if you spend what you spend, I mean, a couple thousand dollars a month, or I don't know what most people spend on it, Sure, but you know, but if you do that, it winds up to four or $500 a year back in your pocket and, and you've got all the protection. So personally, I like to, I like to use a credit card versus a debit card. I just want to mention that. Um, as something to take a look at. If you're not getting cashback rewards on your credit card, take a look at it. That's another way you can get a few extra bucks in your pocket. Um, and for instance, there are some there are some uh, cards that will give you credit, for instance, to a 529. For instance, Fide- now I don't work for, the, for Fidelity, um, but in the state of Arizona, Fidelity manage, has the uh, 529 plan for college savings. Mm-hmm. And they have they have credit cards that every time you buy something, it will deposit and contribute some money to your 529 plan. So- so there are things like that you could do that over time, if you set that up, you know, let's say you have a grandchild that was just born, um, you know, you, you've got 18 years, right? Maybe yeah. more that you could do that. And, and it will all add up and go towards paying for their college education. Wow. So I never thought I've so, never heard of that. That's really cool. I mean, again, I don't have kids in college, so I mean, that's probably why I'm not aware, but that's a good thing right. to be aware of. Uh, you know what? I I, th- I think it's something to be aware of, and I think what what I've been seeing is is a lot of people missing out on opportunities where they could save money or or build up more money, things like that. You know, if you're using a credit card, and you're not getting cash back. You should be getting something. Now, if it makes more sense, that maybe if you travel a lot, you're getting miles. You know, but I, I used to do the miles thing, and 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 now credit card companies can always change the terms. But what I found is I started off, and maybe it was I don't know twenty thousand points to get a trip or something, and they keep on raising it. You know, so they, keep know. On, they keep on moving that, you know, moving the touch, you know, moving the, the field goal post, if you will. Um, and, and so it's something to take a look at. But I like to look at it the holidays it, because it's the end of the year, usually between Christmas and New Year's. You know, a lot of people have time off. And, and I think it's a good time to just take a look at these, spend a couple hours, take a look to see if, you know, if maybe you can be saving money in one of these areas. Going back to the 529 plan, because anybody in Arizona all right. If you're in Arizona and you have a child or a grandchild or anybody that you'd like to put money away for college, all right, you can get a state a state tax deduction for the money you put into a 529 plan. All right. And so you're doing something helpful to pay, help pay somebody else's college expenses, but you're also going to get a tax deduction for doing it. All right. Um, and, and for somebody that lives in Arizona, that's a resident of Arizona. Yeah. Well, that's uh, I mean, it, what a great opportunity. Yeah, it. I, I really think it is. You know, it is a great opportunity, and, and of course, the money in the five twenty nine it grows. You know, when when you uh, when you take it out, as long as you use it for higher education, um, you don't pay tax on that growth either. So there's a lot of benefits to it. I didn't mean to you know, necessarily go into college planning, but it is it is something I've had had a good amount of experience with as well. Um, and if somebody's looking at at uh, areas like this, you're concerned about, or you'd like to have some ideas on how to save more money or, or accumulate more money for college, just give me a call. I'm happy to help you out and, and, and offer some suggestions. 
800-975-6717. That's the number that you can reach Kevin. It's 800-975-6717. You can also reach him direct on the website, silverleaffinancial.com. Um, you know, uh, let's see. Oh, boy, as we round the corner into the new year, we're getting, uh, you know, another year older, uh, which uh, yes. reminds me of your book, <laughs> The Millionaire's Guide to Tax-Free Money for Long-Term Care. I know we, we probably don't want to go too far down that rabbit hole, but that's a, it's a great opportunity to, to really learn some things about long-term care and and the way you've put that together is really really good oh thank, thank you Sam. i appreciate you mentioning that and and guys you know what all you have to do is go to my website which is silverleaffinancial.com go to the website and my book it's on the it's on the home page just scroll down a little bit and if you'd like a copy all you need to do is fill in a little bit of information and we'll be i'll be happy to email it to you free of charge all right there, there's no cost there's no charge for the book but it's something that does have a lot of ideas in there about preparing and planning uh, for the possible need of some sort of long-term care uh, or, or looking at long-term care insurance or a way to help you cover it. And, and uh, one thing a lot of folks don't know is that there are ways that you can use your existing assets and we can reposition them so that if, you, if the need for long-term care does arise, you can actually pay for it on a tax-free basis. All right. So that right there could save you 20, 25, 30, 40 percent, depending on your tax bracket, you know, because we can set it up to pay for it on a tax free basis. And the good thing now, a lot of people think when I say that they say, well, what if I don't need it? And that's fine if you don't need it. Fantastic. Congratulations. I'm glad you don't need it. All right. And what what winds up then is you can use it for something else. The money doesn't go away. It doesn't you're not giving it away to anybody or any entity. It's still your money. Uh, if you don't ever use it, then you could leave it to a beneficiary. Every dollar of it will go to the beneficiary. All right. So, so there are vehicles out there you should take a look at because the way I look at it, if you've got it in place, you're covered if that situation does arise and you can do it financially smart, you know, in a smart way by, by not, not having to pay taxes on it. Right. But if you don't need it, it's still your property. It's still your possession. It's still your asset. And you could leave it to a beneficiary if you never use the money. Okay. Wow. I mean, that to me is uh, just go to the website, folks, to sign up and, and get that book if, if you're going to be dealing with that. And the thing is, Kevin, is, you know, we've talked about this before, but the vast majority of us, one or the other of a couple, is probably going to need long-term care. Yes. You know, and un unfortunately, that does seem to be the case. You know, I, I think the statistic is, um, you know, it, it's something like more, it's more than half, more than half of, 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 a, of, of over 50% of couples, one of them will need long-term care. And the average stay is about a year and a half. And, you, you know, like in my case, for instance, my mother, she passed away at 77. She died of a brain tumor and it moved very quickly. She was in the nursing home, an assisted home for maybe like three weeks. It was a very short, it was very aggressive. She wasn't there long. And, and then she passed and, and she, wasn't, she wasn't in need of long-term care for very long, right? Mm -hmm. But then my, then my father, he lived until 93. And, and at the age of 89, he... he, he he was shoveling a driveway back in Illinois in the middle of winter because he didn't want to wait for my nephew to get home to do it. And while he was shoveling the driveway, he slipped, he fell, he broke his leg and his hip. Oh man! And that was and and that was the end of him living. You know, living in living uh, basically on his own. He lived with my nephew, but in in a house, the two of them. And so when that happened, we had to put him into an assisted living. Uh, we started off with independent living, and some of you might know that a lot of facilities have all three levels which are, you start off with independent living that, that uh, is around three grand a month. And then you go to assisted living, which is up around 4,500 or five grand a month. And then in his case, he wound up going, going to what we call memory care um, because he developed, uh, you, know, a mem you know, memory loss, sure, right? And I don't, I don't know if it's Alzheimer's or whatever you want to call it, 
Um, but that's when they're in the part of the facility that usually it's a separate wing or a separate floor or something like that. That's when they have the combination locks on the door to keep people from just, you know, leaving, taking off and wandering and then endangering their, their safety. And so, but at that level, you're around a hundred thousand dollars a year now in, in terms God. of cost. Yeah. All right. And my father didn't pass till 93. He was in there for almost four years. And, and so, you know, fortunately we had the funds, he had the funds that were able to cover it. But if he'd have been in there much longer, it, it would have, it, he, his, I should say his funds covered it. Uh, after we sold, we sold all his possessions, we sold his house and that's the money that we used to pay for it because he never had long-term care insurance, uh, even though we had suggested it. And, um, if it had went much longer though, that would have been, that's when the kids, you know, we would have been paying for the facility. So you want to make sure that you, that you understand the possibilities. So in my case, one parent needed it, the other one didn't, but the one that did, it was four years. So it was a significant expense that we had that that had to be covered. That's amazing when you think about it, and and so many people go through that. I mean, I watched my parents go through it with their parents, and and I mean, you know, it's it's hard. It's and you know, it, it is, and it's good it's, to be prepared. That's all. I mean, it's just be prepared. Yeah, you know what the, the 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 nature and the quality of the facility that you get when you're paying for it yourself, okay, in my opinion, is significantly better than what you would get if you have to rely on a government funded facility. Okay. And, and in most cases, what, what I've been told and what I understand is that if you're in there, if you're a paying customer, when you go in there and then, you know, after a couple of years, your funds run out, they try to keep you there. They don't, you know, shuffle you off to, to a lower grade facility. They try to keep you there. Now I'm sure this isn't the case with all of them. Um, you know, but, but, but the place that my father was in, he was actually the very first resident. And, and I mean, it was a, it was a nice place. It was very nice well-decorated, well-built. He got to pick his, you know, he was the first one. So he got to pick his room, a nice corner room. And, and, it, and it was a nice place. We've, he was safe, he was comfortable and he's well taken care of. The other thing that you get is you get a much higher um, nurse to patient ratio. Oh, sure. You know, uh, in, a, in, a place, in a place like that, that does cost a little bit more. But if, but if you want, obviously everybody wants the best care for their relatives, for themselves. And uh, so I think it's something that's important to, to at least address, address the possibility and see if it makes sense to prepare for it. Sure. And uh, so as we, uh, boy, this is going quick, Kevin. I mean, um, I haven't asked about, let's, uh, I mean, you know, we're at the end of the year. Let's, let's talk about um, yeah. uh, pure growth for a minute, if you don't mind. Sure, sure. You know what, pure growth, uh, any of those, anybody that hasn't listened before, pure growth is a, uh, is a managed portfolio that I started running about a year and a half ago um, because I wanted to show that I've got what I believe is a successful strategy for choosing stocks. Um, and this isn't because I think somebody should necessarily put, you know, should put all their money into it. You def definitely not. That's not, that's not the purpose. Uh, what I did is I wanted to, I, I believe that the best strategies uh, for choosing stocks are, are to follow uh, what are rules-based strategies. In other words, when, when you let emotion come into the equation, I think it can lead to, uh, you know, uh, suboptimal, suboptimal outcomes. <laughs> all okay. Right? All right. So. When, when you make emotional decisions, it's not always the best outcome. Yes. All right. And so what I did is I went back and I said, what are the most successful people doing? What does Warren Buffett do? Right. One of the richest guys in the world. What does he do? He made his money by, by investing in the stock market. Right. And so what I did is I simply went back and I copied the rules that these guys use, like Warren Buffett. Um, you know, William O'Neill is the man that founded Investors Business Daily. They've got their own stock selection strategies. Anybody that's really into IBD or Investors Business Daily might know about the CanSlim method all to do with earnings and things like that. Um, and, and then Peter Lynch ran Fidelity Magellan Fund back in his heyday in the 80s or early 90s and saw phenomenal returns. 
And so what I did is I copied their strategies that have, when you backtest them, show returns of about 25% a year. And so July of last year, I said, I, I took it live. I've, I've got some clients um, that are participating in it. Uh, and and what, the, what it was designed to do is show that we can have a successful strategy. And uh, for this year, we're going to wind up, we're, we're up, we're beating the market by five to six percentage points right now. We're just up about 30, 31%. Um, That's really good. For the, I mean, for the year. Yeah. Okay. And I'm, I'm really happy with it, you know, and, and um, so it's working. It is working. We're, we've, we've outperformed the S&P 500 on a net basis. This is net of fees. And I'm happy to show anybody all the trades, every single trade. I'm happy to show you every, everything we per what we bought, what we sold at what price. I'm happy to give you all the details and, and show you exactly how it is. And the thing is, this is a concentrated portfolio. This is a portfolio between five and 10 stocks. And again, I'm just trying to show that it's a successful method to choose stocks. And so what I do for clients, uh, I've got some conservative clients uh, that have like 80, 85, 90% of their portfolio is conservative. But then they say, Kevin, I like to do something to add some more growth to it. Let's turbocharge the account, if you will. And so what I do is I take 10 or 15% of the, of the account value. And that's what I use to purchase the individual stocks. So maybe I'll buy 10 stocks, you know, each, each a 1% portfolio position. So a million dollar account, that'd be $10,000. Right. And, and so that's the type of thing that I'm doing and it's, and, it, and it's working out really well. Uh, so far, so far, uh, the win rate is about 65%. So about one out of three, I've been wrong. And, and the, this strategy, what I do, uh, I'm trying, I believe that I have a very good entry point by looking at, uh, I use technical analysis to determine entry and exit points. And, and so I'm looking for a good entry point. So if I get into a position and it goes against me, I'm usually going to pull the plug and sell it before it turns into even a double digit loss. In other words, I don't want to see a 10% loss. And, and so this is not the way that I manage portfolios on an overall basis, though. It's important to understand this is simply for this strategy to demonstrate this strategy, how it works. Okay. And so, and so by doing that, I've been able to let a lot of companies, let them run, you know, so we've had a lot of 50, 60, 70% gains. And then the losers, if you can keep them at, you know, seven, eight, nine, 10% losses, that's how, that's how we've had success. And it's turned out to be a really good year. Well, and again, despite what anybody says about the economy, it does seem pretty strong at this point. Yeah. You know, you know what, the economy is actually doing really well. And that's actually the reason why the Fed is, is slowing down their, you know, their bond buying program. They're reducing that. They're going to end that in the next, you know, three, four or five months. Uh, and then they're talking about raising interest rates. Uh, and, and everybody should remember the reason why they're going to raise interest rates is because the economy is strong, because it is doing really well. Um, and, and that's the whole reason why they're raising them, because we don't need these special rates, um, you know, the quantitative easing that they used to call it. Right. Uh, and the idea behind that is to help out during the pandemic, right? When things got really bad, things got really, that's why they did it, is to help boost the economy. And, and now the economy is running really well. I mean, we've had, we've had, uh, Anywhere from four percent to eight percent growth, depending on which area, which sector you look at, which is very strong. And and I th we, most people think it's going to slow down by by middle of next year, uh, maybe summertime. Uh, but but it's because the economy is doing well. And so I believe the stock market could have another you know another good year. I don't believe it's going to be anything like like this year was. You know, twenty percent plus return is 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 really two to three years built into one. So what you might want to do is take a look at some good dividend stocks. Uh, which is what I'm doing, because if we do have a sideways market, it doesn't really make a lot of progress, maybe for the next six or 12 months, you're still making those dividends and you're still making money. And so that's something that I've been doing with a lot of my clients. 
Okay. Well, I, so then, if, if, if so, if someone was wanting to get involved with that, they could reach out to you. You, you could connect with them and, and see if that makes sense in their situation. Oh, by all means. And you know what? I'm getting ready to bring out. I've been developing another portfolio um, that is really a lot of preferred stocks. And what I'm targeting is a 5%, 5% interest rate um, and in the def- in defensive uh, defensive sectors. Uh, and if you've anybody's looked at the market the last month, you notice it's the, the defensive sectors that have started to outperform. In other words, utilities and staples and healthcare. Those are considered more defensive sectors. And if you look at the last month, those are your top performing sectors in the S&P 500. And I'm of the opinion that this is likely to continue uh, because we do have a high valuation to the stock market. So what I'm looking to do is position a lot of folks into what are more defensive preferred stocks with about a 5% dividend that I expect to see some appreciation on as well as receiving that dividend. So it's so it's good if somebody's looking for income. If you're looking for income, this is, I think, a great way to do it. Um, you know, and if it's something you'd like to hear more about, just by all means, feel free to call me anytime. 800-975-6717, 800-975-6717. I know we're up against the clock here, um, but I want to ask you, so the economy's in good shape. Why is inflation being such a, such a pain right now then? Oh, uh, well, it's... Um, I know it's a long story. <laughs> it is a long. It is a long story. The 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 short, the relatively short answer is that is that we're still suffering from the effects of the shutdown of the of the world economy from last year, from when COVID first hit, and and entire countries. You know, we get a lot of we, we buy a lot of things that are manufactured overseas, right? Yeah. Asia, Vietnam, China. Um, you know, and a lot of them shut down their workforce, shut down the economy, and we shut down here in a lot of ways, right? When we did last year. And, and we're still coming back and recovering. You can't just shut down a plant and turn it back on in, in two days, right? Right. Um, it takes time to, to build back and, and uh, to recover from that. So I believe that's where we, we saw the shipping shortages and we th- saw things getting hung up on cargo ships off the coast. You know, we have a truck driver shortage that we also had a lot of truckers that were sick, out sick with COVID and then they had to quarantine for 10 days. And so this has caused disruptions all along, all along the supply chain. And because of that, you know, like if when you go to the store, you notice different things. They're out of cream cheese or they're out of whatever thing. They're it out might of something. Be. Yeah, they're always out of something. They're always out of something, right? And and it's simply there, there's you know too many dollars chasing too few goods is the inflation story, right? Yeah. All the you know you got more dollars chasing fewer goods. It's going to cause price increases because you know most retailers are going to raise prices when they have a limited amount of supply, which is what we've seen. So, but we think there's a good chance that by let's say March or April. We could see the reverse situation happening. In other words, as what I've my information, my sources tell me that a lot of retailers have been double and triple ordering because because a lot of the orders they've been placing have not been getting fulfilled. So they're doing double, they're ordering double and triple because they expect to only get a fraction of it. And so I think what's going to happen, a lot of people think what's that, that's going to do is cause a supply glut once we get another few months down the road. And and so if that does happen, that's a whole other situation. We'll have to see how it unfolds. Um, but but I do think that things are going to start to go back towards normal as we get into the, maybe this you know late spring summertime of twenty two. All right. And well, so I, I, yeah. No, so I would just say to position yourself, continue to invest, stick with your plan, review what you've been doing, take a look at your allocations, meet with your advisor, and if you don't have an advisor, give me a call. I'll be happy to sit down with you to make sure you're positioned in, in the best way possible going forward. Eight hundred nine seven five six seven one seven is the number. Silverleaffinancial.com is the website. Either way, you can connect with Kevin. And uh, so here we are. It's uh, the beginning of twenty twenty two. What do you What do you think? You feeling good about next year? 
I am I am feeling good about next year. I want I want to make sure though it's it's really important that people take a look at how much risk they're taking. You know, if if you've lost any sleep or if you had any anxiety when you see the market down 500 or 1000 points, you might want to take a look at how much exposure you have to stocks and maybe reduce it. I can help you find some investments that have less volatility, you know, that don't swing around as much as the overall markets. That's one thing that I like to do with a lot, with a lot of my clients, especially as you re- get to retirement is reduce those crazy swings, lower the volatility. We can still get good returns, but nobody wants to see their account fluctuating, you know, 15, 20% a month. So stick, stick to the course and, uh, and, and give me a call. If you'd like to talk a little more, I'm happy to share some ideas with you. And happy new year. And happy new year by all means. provided this for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.